listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Welcome back to On The Road. It's great to have your company once again. This week, Mike has an in-depth chat with Lex Forsyth from Janus that might just change some of your preconceptions about electric trucks. Staying on that subject, Mike and I share some ideas of suitable sound effects that could be used on these silent electric giants to announce their presence to other road users. We find out who the support group Young Aussie Truckers are and what they're getting up to. In something to talk about, Mike looks at the subject of pets and passengers in the cab. We've got our regular news segment and music from Rascal Flats and Mark Knopfler. It's a biggie. Let's get it on the road. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers. And when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road. But when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. With their take on the great Tom Cochran hit, here's Rascal Flats with Life is a Highway.
This is Adam Gibson from NTI, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. I've got Lex Forsyth, one of the prime movers in the Janus electric truck business. Now, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you have heard me have some jokes at the Janus truck expense. I've said it needs an E9 sound effect for while it's running along the road because loud pipe saves lives. My co-host Andy will tell you that. So I've got Lex here. We're going to have a bit of a chat, find out about these things. Maybe I can talk him into putting that air start thing in for when you push the go button. We'll see how we go. Lex, how are you going, mate? Welcome to the show. Yeah, good day, Mike. I'm really well, thanks. I've been looking at this technology. Andy and I have had a bit of a conversation about it, and we laughed our ass off when the EV races couldn't be finished because they ran out of battery range. <laughs> My co-host Andy, on the back of his helmet, he's got loud pipes saves lives. <laughs> <laughs> so just to set the tone, mate, I watched the video and the thing doesn't make any noise. It's quite uncanny. What's it like to drive around? When you pull up next to roadworks or a stop and go sign or that sort of thing, and you start talking to the stop and go girl out the window and she's going, have you switched your truck off and go, no, it's idling. <laughs> it's very surreal. No, it doesn't make any noise. You get a little bit of road noise from the wheels, obviously, but then the only noise it makes is when the air compressor kicks in or when the fan's running to cool the electric motor. Right, so it's one of those things I've been saying a long time. We look at the Tesla trucks, for example, and they're all sleek and they're all space age. But old guys like me, we're into the old conventional shapes. You've done a 403 there. Yeah. It looks like anything else going down the road, except it doesn't have any pipes. Yeah. What are people saying about it, mate? You're talking about retrofits on your web page. Are you talking about glider kits down the track? Yeah, we are. There's a couple of different ways we're doing it. One is the conversions of existing trucks. Hmm. And then in October, we've got a new 610 coming from Kenworth as a glider. It's the first glider that's been built in Australia in 18 years. Right. We had to get permission from the federal government to build it, saying that we're putting it into an EV program, into our electric truck program. So the first model we're going to do with Kenworth is a 610. We're then looking at a, a K200. Yeah. Or it'll probably be the K220 at this stage because that'll be the new electric infrastructure in that new model, K200. Yeah. Similar to what's in the 610 with virtual gauges and those sorts of things. So I take on board your comment around the Tesla truck. And I, look, I've been around trucks all my life since I was a kid. Mum and dad had trucking businesses. I've had transport businesses. And I look at the existing trucks we've got and go, these are great trucks. Yeah. The only thing that we need to change on them is the diesel engine, and the diesel engine needs a rebuild. The rest of the truck is reliable, it's functional, the branding is great, like the 909s, your 509s, even your Max and your Volvos, those things. Like, I've still got an old V8 value liner in the shed. Yep. That, when I want to hear a diesel truck, I uh, jump in it and go for a drive. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, what we're looking at doing is being able to convert the existing fleet and then bring new models out with the existing OEMs. One of the things I think with our solution that sets us apart from other electric trucks is that we've got an exchangeable battery technology. Yep. And you look at those EV races you're talking about, they ran out of battery because the battery was static on the cars. Yep. They didn't have an exchangeable one. Whereas with our model, we have an exchangeable one. So it becomes like a transferable energy source, the same as diesel. It's quicker to re-energize the electric truck by just swapping the batteries out than it is to refuel with diesel. Yep. So that's the step we're taking forward. Well, you're looking at running them up and down the East Coast now, and obviously you know, the word is that you've picked some places along the way which would be transfer points where you could basically refuel the truck. And obviously you know, you've pointed out that it's simply a case of opening the doors there and removing that bar that restrains it across the front and pulling it out. Three to five minutes, you're saying? 
Yeah, our existing one to change is three to five minutes. And the truck that we had on the show was our Generation 1 battery, which required a restraining bar across the front. Mm. Our Generation 2 that we've got in production at the moment actually has a set of pullers on there that pulls the battery in and locks it in place. All right. So there's no restraining bar as such. But one of the big things, and this this is a bit of an exclusive for you, Mike, is from the truck show, we've taken away, and I have my engineers and my business partner there with me, We've taken away the feedback from a lot of operators and drivers saying we don't want to lose the aesthetics of the truck. Yep. So we will be releasing a new side-mounted battery. So basically where your fuel tanks are yep. will be where the batteries are. Yes. And that'll be a one battery fits all. So the same battery will fit a cab over as will fit a bonneted truck because we had a lot of inquiry that wanting cab overs quicker. Mm. So you'll see the updates on that in the next four weeks. Wow. And we've got a Coronado in there now that we've stripped and there's a Mac Trident in there that we're stripping at the moment and they're going to be with the new side mounted batteries. That's the direction and the change that we've taken. By going to a side mount battery, we don't have to modify the bonnets. Yes. So essentially what will happen is We'll be putting a JCM, which we call the Genesis Conversion Module, which is basically everything that was in the side boxes of that truck in the configuration of an engine footprint will go in the front of the truck where the engine is under the bonnet so that there's no modification exemplary. Just take the diesel engine out and put the JCM in there where your compressor, all the VSDs, your PDO for your power steering, PDO if you're running tippers or side tippers, will all be in there in that one location under the bonnet and batteries on the side. Yeah. So it will help us bring cab overs on a lot quicker. Oh, yeah, it will. So yeah. what does it mean for steer weight, though? I mean, when you've got that battery in there in the 403, and now you're talking about just having the side-mounted batteries, what does that mean for the weight over the steer? Yeah, so your weight over the steer at the moment is about 6.5 tonne with a 3.5 tonne battery in the front. Right. It'll probably come back to 6 tonne. Yep. In the west, you're allowed 7. Yep. And then if you look at where you put the batteries on the side of the truck, 60% throws forward and 40% throws to the drive. Yep. So with our modelling and what we've done, we're basically, depending on the model of the truck, we'll maintain between a six and a six and a half tonne steer weight. Okay, so we're going to end up in the same place then? Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, so it's not going to really affect the geometry or the handling or anything, is it, really? Nah. If anything, it'll probably bring the centre of gravity down lower because of the weight of the batteries are down a lot lower in the truck. Yep. That's probably about the only thing that'll be affected. The beauty of going to side-mounted batteries as well, too, is that there's no modifications to bull bars. It allows us to have all trucks with bull bars. In actual fact, we're looking at building the outer casings of the batteries out of stainless steel, so no more polishing tanks. Yep. And that's what they'll look like on the side of the truck. So they'll look similar to a square tank on a prime over now. Well, the Kenworth fans are going to love it, mate, because they'll finally be able to have truly a flat floor pan profile in the cab. (laughs) (laughs) Well, potentially, if Kenworth want to modify it, it allows them, especially the cab owners, to have a flat floor. Obviously, you've addressed all the ADR issues and all that with this. Yeah. So where do we stand there? I mean, do we have to crash test anything or anything like that? There's no actual legislation for crash testing vehicles over four and a half tonnes in the ADR. Those days are gone. Yeah. But there's about 151 points on the ADR which we address, and that's all to do with vehicle dimension, weights, braking factors, noise. The funniest thing is is we put it in for an approval. Yep. And basically the ADR people said to us, Well, how did it perform noise wise? And I said, What do you mean? <laughs> Doesn't make any noise. He goes, Oh no, no, you've got to do a drive by test. And I went, Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> God. Right. So just some of the interesting things you learn through this process. We're actually looking at probably having an option there that we've got to have a noise maker on the truck of some description. So we'll look at some different soundtracks of different vehicles and that might be an option. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure that I could convince my mate Andy to go out and I'm pretty sure we can get Kermie. He can find an E9 for us somewhere or an old Silver 892. Yeah. And we can get some soundtracks for you, mate. No worries about that. I think that'd be great if we could get a couple of the old V8 Max or an 8V92 would be perfect or even an old V8 Caterpillar. Oh, yeah. There's that old cab over that runs across there in the west that tows that road train. You see it every now and again. That's got that V8 cat in it. Yeah. Jeez, it sounds nice. It does. Mate, loud pipes save lives. Ask Andy, he'll tell you. <laughs> it's got to be done, mate. I wanted to come over to the truck show, but I got stuck with the COVID thing and I wasn't brave enough to pay for the airfare to get to Brisbane and be told I needed to quarantine. Yeah. And I was going to come round to your stand with an air start max sound effect and stand there and just play it and see what happened. <laughs> the interesting thing was we would do, as people were coming into the stand, I said, we're the only ones that are allowed to start our truck here at the truck show. I said, do you want to hear it idle? <laughs> 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 but, you know, the conversion process is relatively simple because of the modularization of trucks. Yep. We hook into a lot of the existing systems in the truck. Yep. So from a dash point of view, we're using your existing instruments that have an output on the dash. Yep. So you'll still have your diff temperatures. You'll have your RPM, speed, air levels, everything of that is just the... Just the same. Just the same. Yeah. So do we lose the gearbox? No, you still have a gearbox. Got to have a gearbox. Righto. So it's basically just the same. How do you change gears though? It's an automatic system. So you've got to go to an automated gearbox because the reality of it is, is with the torque curve, you've got 3,500 newton metres of torque from zero through to 3,200 RPM. Yeah. So that torque is more than what you've got out of a you know, 600 Cummins or a 700 MP8 yep. or MP10, whatever they call themselves now, the Volvo yeah. motors. Yeah. If you release that torque to a driver and rely on the driver to regulate it with their right foot, yeah, you're probably going to just test the weakest link on the truck and that'll be the tail shaft. Oh, yeah, they twist one of those out, no trouble. Yeah. That's an incredible amount of torque. Oh, it's huge. It's huge amount of torque. The truck that we've got there now is 520 horsepower equivalent. Yep. The new motors that we've got coming will be 720. Yep. So from a comparison point of view with the existing diesel motors, they'll be like for like, if not better, but just with more torque off the mark, they'll be quicker. They'll be better around town, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely fantastic around town. With the regenerative braking and those sorts of things too, driving around town is quite enjoyable. It's a bit of a change of being the way you drive. Because as you take your foot off the accelerator, the electric motor starts to regenerate yep. and harvest energy and put it back into the battery, but also slows the truck. Yep. Your brake life and maintenance changes completely on the truck. You've still got all that other stuff like ABS and EBS, which is compatible on the trailers and everything. Yeah, so you still use your ABS and EBS. That's still there and your foot brake and everything is still there with your air. So basically you use your foot brake as required. You don't have to use it necessarily to stop the regenerative braking on the different levels. We plumb into your engine brake switch. So you've got high, medium and low on your engine brake switch. So when you bobtail, you just have the thing on low and it'll pull the truck up to a walking pace. Yep. Coming up to a set of lights, you just take your foot off the accelerator and it'll slow itself down. Yep. So you just vary the settings for if you've got an empty trailer on or you're loaded. It's got extremely good regenerative braking power. Right. So you still have cruise control and all that sort of stuff? Yep. You still have cruise control. What you've got to realise is there's an ECM on the electric motor the electric motor is controlled by a, uh, by a computer, just the same as your diesel is. Yeah. So your accelerator is controlled by wire. So you're just giving uh, electrical signals to and from the ECM that controls the electric motor. So it's exactly the same as what you've got with a Cummins or a Mac or a Volvo. The same response, same feel of driving the truck just without the noise. Yeah, right. Mm. Well, you can fix that. We've discussed that. So <laughs> from a driver's point of view, 
it's not going to change, is it? There's nothing going to change. Instead of just getting your hands dirty at the diesel pumps at Taree, you're just going to slip over the building area on the side and open the bonnet up or undo the clips on the side and, and get it all done. Pretty much it'll just be a forklift put it in either side and eventually yep. as the volume increases, it'll go to an automated system. Yep. But the step will be integrated into the battery. So as you take the battery off, that automatically have the step built on the outside of the battery for entry in and out of the truck. Yep. And basically we'll have the pullers that we've got inside in the chassis rails in the Generation 1 truck will be on the side and it'll do the same thing. It'll eject the battery about two inches yeah. and then forklift takes it off and then brings it in and comes in, it trips the same proximity switches and it'll just pull the battery in and hold it in against the chassis rail. For a fellow like me that never ever thought that this sort of technology would come to pass, I look at what you guys are doing, just blows me away. It's like science fiction almost. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. I've got to ask a rude question, mate. Yeah. How many million have you spent? Oh, we haven't spent that much at the moment. We've, have you? No, we've probably put about $2 million into it so far. Yeah, right. We did a capital raising to bring in some seed capital to help us roll out these five trucks that are coming out that'll be out by Christmas. Yep. And then the business will just grow organically from there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you are after people to invest in the business, aren't you? Yeah. But we're looking at it from all aspects of the investment into the business. The model allows for people to invest in various different levels, so... You know, you can be a battery owner if you want to be a battery owner and earn 10% return on your investment owning a battery in the pool. Yep. As a fleet operator, you obviously get a benefit of the increased savings and probably typically in about a 900 to 1,000 kilometre day application, those guys are going to be saving anywhere between 25 to 30% on energy and maintenance costs. Yep. In a round town scenario, they're going to be around that 10 to 20% depending on what type of round town work it is and what your load factors are. Yep. And the big saving is in your maintenance. Now, that truck will operate for less than three cents a kilometre. You're not having to change oils. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then you've pulled the operating temperature out from under the truck. So the biggest thing is we've reduced the operating temperature from under the truck by 40 degrees. Yep. So when you do that, all your diff oils and transmission oils will have between double to three times their life. Yeah. Your tyre life increases because you're not having that heat come back into the tyres. Yeah. Now, the thing that wears rubber out is heat and friction. You remove the heat, the friction that causes that issue. So, And then also the brake life saving. No ad blue. No ad blue. No ad blue. Sign me up now. <laughs> oh, mate. It simplifies the truck. If you look at a diesel motor, like we, we, um, Tuesday we were lifting the DD15 out of that Coronado, and I'm there with the guys giving them a hand to chain it up to pull it out. And just looking, I'm just going, no wonder these things have caused me so many headaches over life. <laughs> 
look at all this shit that can go wrong on the outside of these yeah, things. And you yeah. do, you turbos and fuel pumps and water pumps and the Horton fans. And I uh, just look at it and get my goodness, you just don't have any of this with electrification. It's just so simple. Radiators. Radiators. Yeah. Alternators. Starter motors. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just keep adding to it. I looked at the Teslas and things like that, and I looked at that, and no, no, that'll never catch on. And then I saw that 403, and I thought, hmm, this bloke's onto something. Then I read about it some more, and I thought, this bloke's really onto something. And here we are, Alex. I am amazed. Now, I've got two other questions I really want to ask you before we close out. Obviously, some Muppet's going to try and drive it too far. Yeah. It is going to happen. So what happens if he's driving down Pennadil's Road and he runs out of juice? What happens then? Oh, look, there's a couple of scenarios. If you run out of fuels, particularly on Pennadil's Road, you're going to get fined and towed into the next service station because you should be on the North Connects. But um... <laughs> <laughs> Don't even start me on that. <laughs> Look, the reality of it is it's going to have to be towed into the nearest place to be re-energised. And that's realistically what will happen. It's the same as if it breaks down, the same as a diesel truck. Very seldom do you see workshops now working on trucks on the side of the road. In some cities, they've made it illegal yeah. because of workplace health and safety. So yeah. there's those similar applications that will cause that to happen. But the reality of it is it'll have to be towed into a change and charge station or equivalent power supply put into the truck. Yeah, so it's going to be the embarrassing phone call. Hey, operations, you're never going to believe this, but... <laughs> If he or she runs it out of fuel or out of energy, yep. they're going to be ignoring this big flashing screen in the truck saying you've got this much range to get to the next change station. Yep. I'd be more worried that they didn't pick up the sign being flashed at them <laughs> on the Genesis screen in the truck. Yep, yep. But the energy level will be mapped in the trucks and there'll be an alert to the driver saying that you're going to exceed the range limits of where the closest change station is. Yep. You need to directly head there or you're going to run out. Yeah. Mm. The next thing I suppose is ice packs that we run now you know, with respect to the driver comfort, yeah. that sort of thing's still going to be possible. I mean, we're going to end up with like the cooler bar system. Do I need to give David Saluba a ring and say, hey, mate, go and talk to this bloke? Well, we're happy to talk to David around his system, but the beauty of it is, is you're going to have the same air conditioning in the truck. Hmm. So you won't actually have to run an ice pack. You'll be just running the aircon in the truck because it's electric. Yeah. And so you won't have the noise and the fuel requirement for the ice pack. Yeah. You'll just have the normal aircon. So you essentially will pull up and you'll turn the truck off and then just turn your aircon on and it'll just work from the supply in the main battery. Run your microwave and your dishwasher and your coffee machine and... All that stuff. So you, <laughs> exactly. You'll have the inverter in the truck. Yep. You know, you can plumb into that supply and away you go. I want one of these trucks, mate, already. I really do. <laughs> I never ever thought I'd say that. May I not be struck by the gods, by the trucking gods for saying it. I've been a 909 man for years, mate. Yeah. The last question that I've got for you, it's inevitable. It's a question that I really don't want to ask you. But what happens when someone puts one into the scenery and we end up with an accident of some description? What happens to these batteries? Can they be split open? What happens? Look, the batteries are engineered to take a 20G impact, which is roughly about 80 tonnes under the ADR. Yeah. So you could have a car run into the side, you can have a kangaroo jump into you. Inevitably, it's not going to be bad to the battery. Right. One of the interesting things under the ADR is the reason why there's no crash testing is because anything over four and a half tonne they look at is going to be inevitably bad. Yeah. It's no different to a fuel tank. You can have a fuel tank split open in an accident. Yes. Yeah. And have a diesel fire. You look at the amount of truck accidents now and the fires that are caused yep. purely because of the heat that the exhausts are running at. Yep. For exhaust, you know, the emissions laws, are, they've got to run the exhaust super hot to get the emissions right. Yep. So 
yes, the battery could potentially catch on fire in a bad accident. That can happen. Yeah. But one of the, the differences is, is our batteries are not operating at high temperatures. So we've just been doing a lot of testing with batteries. And when we looked at what is the maximum current draw that we'll draw from these batteries over what we think could be the longest pull in Australia. So we basically tested the batteries for an hour mm. at maximum drain and we got a 17 degree increase in temperature from room temperature. Okay. So one of the things people don't understand around batteries and power is everyone goes, oh, Tesla's got liquid cooled battery. And I go, yeah, well, that's an 80 kilowatt hour battery yep. driving a 300 kilowatt motor. Right. So those batteries are at their extreme when they're trying to deliver 300 kilowatts of energy out of 80 kilowatt hours. The difference is, is we've got 600 kilowatt hours driving a 350 kilowatt hour motor. And when our new motor comes, it'll be a 400, and, I think it's a 450 kilowatt motor. So we're using what they call 0.5C of the battery's capacity to be able to run that motor. So we just don't generate heat. Yep. And that's why we don't need to liquid cool our batteries either. Right. You know, the batteries are in a stainless steel case. And as I said, they're engineered there to, to withstand a 20G impact. Mate, it's amazing. And this is all an Australian idea. This is what you've done. There's nothing else anywhere else that's come from this. This is all you guys? This is all us. It's just two proud Australians. My partner in this business, Evan, he's a mechanical engineer by background. Yep. And I'm a transport guy. I've been around trucks all my life. We met at a conference about two years ago. And we just sat there talking and I said, I've got an idea for an electric truck. And he said, I've got one too. Yeah. I said, they need to be like a big cordless drill. The battery's got to be like the Ryobi tool. One battery, many different tools. Yep. And he said, yeah, yeah, that, that, I agree. That's exactly how it needs to be. He said, if only if all the chassis rails were the same width apart on a truck. And I said, Bevan, they are. They are. He said, what do you mean they are? And I said, they are. Yeah. Everything is engineered. They're, they're manufactured to a standard. Yep. He said, well, I think I can make it work. I said, good, let's go. Let's have a go at this. Yeah. So our engines are Dana engines. Yep. So we're using a a known supplier to the transport industry and their warranty and, and those sorts of things is a great thing because your existing OEMs will want the Dana yep. in there and Dana also want to back their product. Dana are very excited, so that's where we're going. Mate, I'll tell you what, after having talked to you, I'm just blown away and I hope our listeners can understand the totality of what it is that you've just told us. What you're really saying to us is that we can continue to drive the trucks that we know and love and step into the next century and with all the savings and the green benefits that that provides, as Andy and I will tell you, all we've got to do now is change the noise issue yep. and life will go on and it will be good. Yeah, I think the big thing for us as an industry is that we can actually lead the way in this technology revolution that we're in at the moment. Yep. This is something that we're very proud of and we're proud Australians and it's something that we're proud that we're starting here in Australia with it. It's good stuff. No, mate, it's awesome. Andy and I love to promote Australian-made things and Australian businesses, and I'll tell you what, mate, you definitely deserve it. I can only congratulate you and thank you for the work that you've done. Appreciate it. Thank you. We're very proud of it. People want any more information from you, they just get on the web and they look up Janus Electric and they'll find you and there's an info page and I've had a look at the web page. There's a lot of stuff on there. And if they've got a few bucks they want to uh, invest in it, they can probably do that too. And I reckon it might be like buying Apple shares. Now's the time to do it. <laughs> That's hope. <laughs> I can see it. It's got a big future. It just ticks all the boxes, answers all the questions, and even makes old cynics like me look at it seriously. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the show, Lex. Appreciate it. And we'll catch up down the track, mate. Maybe I'll get one to drive one day. Definitely. Come on over. You're more than welcome to take the 403 for a drive. We'll tell you what, mate, it's worth a plane ticket. <laughs> Next time I'm over that way, I'll do it. Definitely. Look forward to it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Mike. What's up? Well, 
just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. Driving a truck for a living can take its toll in lots of different ways. It's a tough gig that demands a lot from drivers and their families, both physically and mentally. Long periods away from home, tight deadlines and constant time pressures can make life on the road pretty challenging. And when you're an owner-driver, there's a business to run too. But drivers have a special strength of character, working hard to get the job done, to deliver on time and to support their families. Like our trucks, our bodies and minds need regular attention too. Sounds obvious, right? But when it comes to taking care of ourselves, it's not always that easy, especially when you don't know what's around the next bend. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. They care about you and hear it on the road, so do we. Health in Gear is a program for drivers with a range of actions that can help you to feel healthier and happier on the road and at home. They can share with you the small things that can make a big difference, keeping you well and keeping the wheels turning. Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds is all about providing people in the logistics industry with what they need to support their mental health and well-being. You've got friends you haven't met yet who are there for a chat whenever you might feel the need to talk to someone who understands and cares. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. We all genuinely share the same sentiment when we say, take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. There's a support group out there for young Aussie truckies strangely enough called Young Aussie Truckies, and they are calling for entries for their first virtual charity truck show. All donations are directed to the Brisbane Convoy for Kids. We all know about that. The entries for this truck show close on the 1st of July. Five bucks to enter. There's some great prizes, up to a 1000 bucks per category. I've got Catherine Glover with me to tell me all about it. Catherine, who are the sponsors? We've got Kenworth involved. They're sponsoring Best Kenworth. Yep. We've got amazing prizes from, yeah, Kenworth, Tensky, sponsoring Best Western Star, Mac and Volvo have gotten involved with Best Mac and Best Euro. Yep. We've also got Best Rigid category, sponsored by the Convoy for Kids, mm-hmm. which is also our charity that we're donating everything to. Yep. We've also got a People's Choice Award, which is a combination of Trucker's Toy Store, Times Trucking Stories, and we'll throw a bit of gear in there as well. Yep. I'm very excited to be able to help you with a bit of promotion. You guys have done a fantastic job. The story is on bigrigs.com.au. Have a bit of a look in the news section there. Google Young Aussie Truckies, or you can click on the link in the story. 
get your photos in. The closing date is... July 1st, the close entries, and then we'll do voting from there. And all the results are going to be posted in big rigs, aren't they? Yeah, James has been pretty generous to jump on board with that. He's going to do a bit up for us. Yeah. And are the prizes big, are they? Yeah, we've got like first, second, third for pretty much every category, which is amazing. The companies have jumped on board with some really great prizes. We've got driver's pack from most of the manufacturers, valued up to over $1,000 in prizes. Who's actually going to be doing the judging? We are going to make it public, which might be a bit to get them all together. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll be doing the public vote over our Instagram and Facebook stories. Five bucks to enter and some great prizes, up to a 1000 bucks in each category. You've got to be in it to win it. It's for a great cause. It's the Convoy for Kids in Brisbane. Thanks so much, Catherine, for throwing this together. We'll talk to you on the show when it's all over. Sounds beautiful. Thank you so much. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412105151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. Hey everyone, Kermie here. Hope you're travelling well, staying safe and on the right side of the white line, by which of course I mean the left. I also hope you're tuning in to the On The Road podcasts with Mike and Andy, because if you're not, two things will happen. One, you'll be missing out on some great interviews, a good few laughs, and what's generally going on out there in truck land. Uh, what's the other thing? Ah, that's it. You won't have heard this plug for On The Road. Hmm. Okay then, so, those of you who are already on here, go and tell your mates about On The Road. They can find it on Spotify or iTunes at On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. But you knew that, didn't you? Because you're already... Yeah, look, just go and sell them, okay? Cheers, and take care of you. It's time for That's What You Think. Some say they're too opinionated for their own good. Some say they're just a pair of grumpy old men. We just know them as Mike and Andy. Wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. Wake me when it's over. Mate, great interview with Lex about the Janus trucks. Yeah, mate, I enjoyed it. What a great bloke. He is a great bloke. And after all our naysaying about electric vehicles, and then along comes this bloke who's managed to change at least some of our thoughts on the subject. It was interesting. Yeah, mate. He offered me a drive of it, so when I do get back over there, and I will, mm. I'm going to take him up on that. I'd love to have a crack. I really think you should. Yeah. Well, one thing that really stuck out for me in the interview was that real need for these trucks to have some sort of noise output in the interests of safety. Yeah. I mean, a silent semi is a pretty scary thing. Well, I did tell him that you said that loud pipes saves lives, and he had a bit of a laugh. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, it got me to thinking about what sort of audio effects could be used to announce the presence of an electric truck to other road users. Right. And I've got a few ideas that could work if you're interested in having a listen. Oh, this can't be good. 
<laughs> I've put a lot of time and effort into this, mate. Have you? So bear with me. All right. Firstly, picture a mum in her SUV around school, finish time with a car full of screaming kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how about this? Well, it'd make the kids stop yelling and start looking out the window to see where the ice cream van is, don't you reckon? It sure would, mate. It'd get kids running from all over the place. Yeah. So, okay, second one. And now it's not quite a genuine truck sound, but still guaranteed to get attention, I think. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. It's the old whoopee cushion. (laughs) Well, it certainly got my old man's attention when I had one when I was... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so try this one on for size. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're talking about a different technology level there, mate. Yeah, but no one could ignore the possibility of there being a massive steam locomotive bearing down. (laughs) Depends on if it's sitting right behind you with the headlights on high beam or not, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it does. All right, here's another one for that Smokey and the Bandit touch. Okay. It's the whole bear in the air thing, you know? It is the whole bear in the air thing, or for the super paranoid ones that reckon they're being followed by the black helicopter. That's it. <laughs> what other people get that too, do they? I thought it was just me. <laughs> now, do you remember, Mike, that English TV comedy called Keeping Up Appearances with Hyacinth's Bucket, or Bouquet as she pronounced it? Yeah, I do, actually. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. This was my favourite line from this show, and I think it would work. Watch the lorry, watch the lorry, watch the lorry, watch the lorry. Yeah, no, that'd work. I'm not sure Lex would like that one very much, though. No, maybe not. And my, my personal favourite, if all else fails, how about this? On the road again, on the road again, on the road again, on the road again. <laughs> oh, definitely not. <laughs> no one can ignore Willie Nelson played on repeat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the driver would have a psychotic break if you had to listen to that. I think so. And the only thing is they'd have to work out how to synchronise the effect on all the trucks in the area. (laughs) Just a bit messy. You could have it sort of going like a round. You could have one truck coming along playing one bit, Mm. but then another one behind it coming along playing the next bit. (laughs) And the one behind that playing the next bit. You could do whole songs. It'd be good. You could. It could get very entertaining. It could get very entertaining. The only sound effect that you've missed there, I reckon, Mm. is a machine gun. Yeah, well, that's a possibility. <laughs> because, let's face it, if you hear a machine gun go off, you're going to be looking around. Oh, yeah. Unless you're driving through Florida, then it's probably something you're used to. So you wouldn't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> you've got to watch out for them gators down oh, there, man. Oh, yeah. You saw the picture of that one on the road the other day in Florida? Oh, the gator? Yeah, about a 19 feet long. I don't know, that might be an exaggeration because <laughs> I don't do that, but huge gator just laying there. <laughs> Tell you what, I was also thinking with those electric trucks. With what Lex was saying about moving the batteries around to the side, mm. you think about it now, all that space under the bonnet, you could build it like a whole kitchen in there. You probably could. You know, you'd have your stove and your sink and microwave and dishwasher and, you know, even maybe another bunk in there. What you could do under the bonnet would be awesome. I don't know. It's just a thought. It is just a thought. I'm only trying to help. <laughs> I might put all my sound effects together and send them over to Lex. Okay. If he uses them, I'm happy to accept a commission on that. <laughs> Just make sure you put in the 892 or the E9 motor. That'll be the winner. 
Yeah, possibly. I was just trying to get away from truck sounds. We've had them for years, trying to get something a bit different, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> see you in the soup. Mate, I'm going to have to take some recovery now. I'm going to need another cup of coffee. Have another lie down. The Bex. Yeah. See ya. Hey, <laughs> you idiot. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, mate. How's things over your neck of the woods? Tell you what, it's bloody cold over here, mate. You think it's not cold in Perth, I'll tell you what, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get a job? You know those jobs where you see on the weather reports, they, say, they tell you what the temperature is? Yeah. And then they tell you what it feels like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How do you get that job telling you what it feels like? Uh, I don't know. What qualification do you need for that, I wonder? Because I'll tell you what. <laughs> I've often wondered how they figured that out. It's odd. I'll tell you what it feels like, mate. It feels cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Mate, what's that place over in WA where all the dolphins are? Is that Monkey something? Monkey Mire, isn't it? Monkey Mire, is it? I was just I was watching a documentary and they were talking about them there and then they were showing some of the other dolphins in the marine parks and they did a study. And it showed that dolphins really are way more intelligent than humans. <laughs> okay. Apparently, within a week's captivity, they can train people to stand on the edge of the pool and throw them fish. <laughs> of course. Damn yes. clever. No, they are clever. I love dolphins. Me too. Anyway, moving right along. According to an NTI report released ahead of the June long weekend, Australia's roads were the safest they've been in years during the peak COVID restrictions. That's right, mate. Adam Gibson, the risk analysis engineer at NTI, has done the NTARC report and gratified to find that, mate, we are kicking goals in this area. Mm. Massive reductions in multi-vehicle crashes, even though we've had a lot more freight movements. Adam and I have been talking about technology in the trucks, and that plays a big part in road safety. We're going to be talking about that some more down the track. Mm. But the NHVR are stoked, police are stoked, I'm stoked with it, and I'm sure it's only for the good of all of us. If we can demonstrate that we are managing the risks, then maybe we can control more of the direction about the regulation and where we go. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, though, because if you think about it, there have been just as many trucks on the road, if not more, yeah. during the COVID restrictions. So why are there less accidents? Yeah. Would I be correct in saying it's because there's fewer cars on the road? <laughs> Well, one could say that, mate, like 80-odd percent of the accidents that are truck involved are not the fault of the truck. So it wouldn't be hard to draw that conclusion. Yeah. Mate, the NHVR has announced an education program that will highlight the health and safety risks caused by illegal engine remapping. Yeah. Look, engine remapping is one of those things that they've got on the bandwagon about lately. It is illegal to remap an engine, so it diverts the engine management systems away from the AdBlue or from the DPF burns that we're also aware of these days. Mm. It is a, an Australian design rule and, and a standard that these things are allowed to run. Look, I have an opinion about this, which is strictly mine. Mm-hmm. 
that I really don't see a problem with old school engines and things like that. Hmm. I think one of the most disturbing things about this story is that engine remapping seems as though it's becoming a fairly common thing to do. Now, they've got to ask themselves why people are doing this. One of the reasons I suspect people are doing it is because the AdBlue systems are, for the most part, a problem hmm. in as far as they leak. It's additional money to run the AdBlue. It's hard to get sometimes. Now, there are a number of reasons why people want to avoid the AdBlue system. Just the exhaust systems in AdBlue trucks are absolutely diabolically expensive. 9000 or something it is for an AdBlue exhaust system for a cab over Kenworth, I believe. Mm. It's just ridiculous. And when I was driving mine, the biggest problem I had with that truck was the AdBlue system. It keeps snapping off little lines and squirting AdBlue up all under the cab. And I've got pictures of it. It's like that styrofoam you spray into the building gaps in the walls. It just looks like that. It's all up under the engine bay. It takes forever to get out. It's a mess. Mm. So blokes do what they can to avoid it. It doesn't change the performance of the truck. Yeah. And the big misunderstanding is that it's sprayed straight into the exhaust system. It's after the motor. It goes into the exhaust system to help dilute the carbon. Look, I'm not a scientist. I'm not 100% across how it works, but I know it gets sprayed in after the motor. It doesn't go into the motor at all. Mm. The thing about this story on big rigs, though, is it's got a lot of questions and answers for the way drivers should respond to the idea that they're running a remapped or a truck that's been tampered with by speed limiters and things like that. And it's all good information. Mm. I'd encourage people to go and read it for themselves because it's quite involved. The take-home message from this story is if you're a driver, you're driving a vehicle you know to be remapped or have had the ECM tampered with, it's on you and the fines are eye-watering. Yeah. And when you get downloaded, who knows what they're going to find. Mm. So I'd suggest to you that if you're driving one that you know is not right, have a word with your boss about it and keep a record of that conversation. After that, there's nothing more to say, really. Yeah. It's a terrible choice to give a driver. You don't want to be dobbing on the boss because as soon as you do, that's going to affect your prospects for employment and it's damn lie if someone says that it won't. Yep. Because it will. Yep. I think the NHBR, now while they've got a problem, I think that they're probably kicking a bit of an own goal here. There's a lot of drivers that won't say anything. Mm. The psychology of what they're doing, I don't think quite right. But anyway, let's move on from that one. Well, just one last thing on that. It'd be a bit hard to remap a, an electric engine, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I reckon Lex has probably got it sorted out, mate. Remapping electric engines isn't an issue, is it? No, not at all. All right, mate. In response to the Australian Government's Safer Freight Vehicles discussion paper, the Heavy Vehicle Industry Association has said yes to wider trucks but want trailers to remain unchanged. Yeah, isn't it good? Yeah. I love this story when I read it because it shows that the HVIA are prepared to discuss all these things. It shows that the Australian design rules are a little bit malleable. Mm. There's a lot of good to come out of this if it all comes to pass because that will mean that we'll be able to bring trucks into Australia from overseas. It might make it worthwhile for manufacturers to try and bring their bigger trucks into Australia. One of the things that amuses me about this is they're talking about differences to weight requirements and things like that. Here in Western Australia, if you run the super single tyres on your steer, then you get seven tonne on your steer here in Western Australia, but you only get 6.5 in New South Wales or on the East Coast. Yeah, It's simple things like this that I've said when I spoke to Glenn Searle and other politicians about this. A couple of strokes of the pen, mate, we can make ourselves a lot more competitive. 
And wouldn't it be nice if Volvo could bring the NL series back into Australia that they run so beautifully in America, mm. beautifully optioned, beautifully fitted out trucks. I would love to have one, mm. but we can't have them because they're just a bit too wide. Yep. It's absolute greatness. I love this story. It's going the right way, and I'm looking forward to see how it develops. Now, the trailer widths really don't matter. You know, our infrastructure is such with the supplies and things like that, door widths at fridge places. There's no need to go and change any of this stuff. It doesn't really matter that much. We don't need to change the trailers. The prime movers are the issue. And we're only talking inches. We're not talking big changes. It's great. Interesting to see how it develops, as you said. Mm. According to NatRoad, the National Transport Commission's fitness-to-drive guidelines need to become more user-friendly and push further for serious reform. Warren Clark says this is a policy area that's ripe for reform and they want to expand national fitness to drive standards. And he finds it disappointing that the proposals put forward have been considered out of scope. Hmm. No one can argue that what we do out on the road, particularly long distance drivers, but all sorts of drivers, having a license and being able to drive is a function of how fit we are and how we work on the road, how we respond to life on the road, things like sleep apnea, coronary artery disease, diabetes, obesity, all these things affect how we do our work and they affect our lives, you know, ultimately can be responsible for our demise eventually. Mm. And truck driving contributes greatly to that. It's a sedentary sort of a job. You sit there, you look at the windscreen. I am no Adonis. Unfortunately, if you're looking around, I'm typical of guys my age driving trucks. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've got a few of the health issues that go along with that. So I understand exactly where he's coming from. Wouldn't it be nice if we were healthier? The thing that this guideline misses, and the biggest problem now with truck drivers responding to their health issues, is that they know that if they go and say to someone, gee, I feel tired when I wake up, the next thing that's going to happen is that they're off the road, Yep. they're off getting a battery of tests, mm. and they're proving that they're able to go and do their job. Yep. And if they're on trip money... They're not being paid. That's right. So the disincentives are there. Hmm. And while I applaud what they're saying, there has to be some level of understanding that people have bills to pay and they know that if they go and say to their boss or someone, oh, look, I've got a little bit of a problem here, crooking the tummy, you know, I need to go and see the doctor. Yep. Well, no one's going to stop them from doing that. But the consequences are that you're not going to work for that day, which means that the mortgage might not be paid that week. Hmm or the kids going to the show with mum or whatever it is, doesn't get paid. And truck drivers make financial decisions based on that and they'll soldier on them. They've been doing it for years. Mm. And you've only got to look around. It's not not just me saying this. So a fitness to drive rewrite needs a rethink. It absolutely does. It needs to take into consideration the fact that the drivers are motivated to do what they do by a very different set of thoughts and thinking to what the National Transport Commission is motivated by. Yep. We've got to get on the same page. People need to understand what is motivating drivers to continue to work when they know they probably should go and have an investigation for something. And if they did, their life would be better. Mm. But they can't do it right now because we've got the groceries to pay for. It doesn't make sense. Perhaps the NTC needs to be talking more with people like Health and Gear and healthy heads in trucks and sheds and so on. Oh, yeah, they really do. Mm. And this is where we've got so many areas inside this industry where people do what they do with the best of intention, but the ripple effects of what they do creates a problem somewhere else. And they don't see it coming. And no one acknowledges it. Yeah. 
And it is Mental Health Week this week too, by the way, um, in case we've forgotten. It is. Be well advised to think about our mental health. Ring your mates up and say, are you okay? I mean, I know it's a different slogan for a different week, but do it anyway. Yep, same thing. Yep. Now, I believe that you've got some breaking news, so here we go. Mike, do your thing. you got to love it. You do, don't you? Yeah. I don't know how much money we've saved because we don't use that sound effect, but anyway. No, no, it's getting rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the Gatton Pads. Oh, more news. More news from the Gatton Pads. Now, okay. Jim McDonald MP is the LNP member for Lockyer. Mm-hmm. And he's been out to the new gap and pads and he's had a bit of a look and there is a lovely picture of some fellas standing in front of a Volvo there and they've got a big hand-painted sign and says, help truckies get toilets here. I thought thought you were going to say that he's got a picture of a couple of guys peeing up against a tree or something. (laughs) (laughs) They should be, mate, because they spent millions of dollars building this bloody pad and they didn't put a toilet there. Yeah. So old mate Jim McDonald... Does he have a farm? (laughs) Oh, uh, don't. I'm trying to be serious. Sorry, mate. mate. This is a serious news story. It is indeed. <clears throat> you know what sounds the truck drivers here? We send truck drivers' kids out to the farm, don't you? What's that? <laughs> it's not EIEIA, mate. Uh-huh. Get off that fucking track. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, good. Uh, that just cracks me up, mate. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Gatton Pad. Meanwhile, back at the Gatton Pad, there's going to be a bit of a protest out there. Hmm. And if you go to Jim McDonald's Facebook page, you'll see all about it. But I've got some details here. There's a petition to be signed. It is that uh, through the Parliament of Queensland uh, webpage. Yep. And you'll need to go to the On The Road Facebook page. And I think I'll try and share this if I can in its original form and, and share it. And you can get on there and you can sign the petition. Maybe we can get some toilets at the Gatton Pads. Wouldn't mm. that be nice? Wouldn't it? There you go. Hopefully at some stage we'll be able to say it's been done and we'll all be flushed with success. To the Australian standard that they talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, don't even start me. Drives me nuts. How can you spend that amount of money on a place where guys are going to go, they're going to do physical work, they're going to want to have a pee. Yep. I mean, they're going to congregate there. Yep. It's going to happen. Yep. And not understand. Do people in offices not go to toilets? I've not really asked around, but I assume they would. It's mental. It is. I mean, we have to understand that truck drivers are humans. They're not machines. Absolutely. If this was America, mate, they'd not only have toilets, they'd have a bar and grill there and everything as well. They probably would. Yep. And we could probably have a bunny. Sausage sizzle. (laughs) Bit of a sausage sizzle tent. Why not? It makes sense, though. Why wouldn't there be a food van there selling coffee and drinks and have some toilets? Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't there be? There's a thought for some entrepreneurial soul. Yeah. Get into it. Yeah. Do it. they probably get fined for being parked there then. They'd probably they'd have to have a permit. Mm. I reckon you should rip out there in the ute. Yeah, I could do that. And hand out a few stickers and hats and caps and things like that. A couple of portaloos in the back and a barbecue. A couple of portaloos and a barbecue, mate. Do some taking it to the streets. I reckon that'd be brilliant. Sounds like fun. Well, thanks to all this frivolity, mate. We're way over time. Good on me. That's what I do best. That's what you do best. Yeah. So we might pull the pin here before we do my tips for the week, Mike. Yep. Just for you. Yep. Number one, always strive to make your guests feel like they're at home, even if you wish that they were. <laughs> yep. And number two, money can't buy you happiness, but it sure makes being miserable easier to live with. <laughs>
It does. Nicer to cry in the backseat of a roller than it is in the backseat of a Mini. God bless you and all who sail upon you, Mike. Thank you, my friend. Have a good week. Bye. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey, this is Ben Tilney from Street Pieces, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. Talking about a pets and passengers policy today and what goes into the thought behind all that, something to talk about. If you look at the internet, you can go and find companies in the States that have a positive pet policy. They encourage drivers to take their dog with them. There's got to be a reason why. And there's also got to be a reason why we don't do it so much here in Australia. If you have a look on Facebook and look up Tones from Tones Trucking Stories there, you'll find he's got puppy with him and puppy goes all over the place and gets into everything. I'm sure, from my experience with a pet in the cab, my dog Ollie spent three and a half years in the cab with Rose and I going from Sydney to Perth and back. He was never a problem. There's always something going on. There's a reason for you to pull up and get out of the truck, go for a walk, have a think about something else other than driving for 10 minutes and have the company from the dog. They're an excellent source of companionship. They are man's best friend. And I often wonder why more companies in Australia don't accept guys taking pets. And it's not just dogs. You see some pretty weird stuff. I mean, parrots and all sorts of things. There was a guy I saw with a bloody macaw in the cab with him once. Unbelievable that you could think you'd have something like that in the cab with you, but they got on well and that's the way it was. You'd think he'd fly off, but he never did. Don't you think that it's time for us to explore some options to relieve the loneliness? Give someone some time to think about something other than driving. Give them a reason to get out of the cab and go for a walk. We talk about how it's a sedentary workplace, talk about how we're, you know, overweight and all that sort of stuff. Give them a reason to get out of the cab and go for a walk. Take the dog for a walk. I think that's something to talk about. On the passenger policy, and the reason why I sort of threw this together is simply because it goes together. Having things other than the driver, having people or pets in the cab other than the driver is something that we've wrestled with in this country for a while. We've gone down the supposed safe route. Insurance companies, work cover companies in particular, have said, you know, if you get injured driving a truck or injured as a passenger in a truck, then there's a certain set of insurance issues around that. People don't want additional children and things like that on their work sites. And look, I understand all the safety concerns, but one of the things we've definitely lost is the simple fact that guys used to take the kids with them in the truck and they would pass on the skills And that was part of where our next level of drivers came from. Passed on the skills to our kids. They decided whether they wanted to do it or not. They got a bit of a look. Gave the kids some time with Dad on the school holidays. It's one of those things that's been lost. Of course, owner drivers don't have those issues. They can make their mind up for themselves. But guys driving for companies don't get to make that decision. It's all in with the policies of the company. Some companies will let you do it with written permission and all that sort of stuff. Couldn't we just make life a little bit more simple? It seems to me sometimes we let some of this stuff get in over our head. Jump on the internet and have a bit of a look around. Are there companies out there that allow you to take the boy with you? Are there companies out there that will let you have the dog with you? I'd love to know. Keep it safe out there and we'll catch you on the road.
easing us out of the show this week, it's the beautiful guitar tones and the unmistakable voice of Mark Knopfler with The Long Highway. Heard a bell Laying to Before the break of day Heard my name Being called Down brings us to the end of another On The Road show brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions.